Welcome to the Covenant Women Podcast with Dr. Adonica Howard-Brown, your on-demand source for Holy Ghost-filled preaching and teaching. You bring blessing everywhere you go. You bring freedom. You bring liberty. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Be refreshed, encouraged, and strengthened as you hear the Word today. The first time I ever saw Pastor Rodney, I didn't get to really meet him until like a year later, but he was singing, I'm peculiar, and getting more peculiar. And uh, so he actually, he came about six months after this youth camp that I'd first seen him on, he came to, um, to sing in our, our, our just little youth group, just in someone's home actually, and he was singing I'm peculiar, and my, my, uh, my brother and I said to my mom, that guy was at, on youth camp with us, and my mom's looking at him, and she she's, has the thought, you are peculiar, because he was singing peculiar again. And um, anyway, so he, uh, when she had that thought, the Holy Ghost checked her and said, mark him. And so, and she's like, oh, sorry, Lord. And so she had no clue why the Lord said that to her at all. But then another seven, eight, I think that was like July, and then following end of March, um, actually Pastor Rodney, if you, know, you know the story, the Lord spoke to him in an audible voice and said, that's your wife, because he was praying and he said, Lord, you choose her for me. And that's why we need the Lord to get involved in every area of our life, amen, <laughs> for every decision. And that next to getting saved, that's the most important decision you can make in your life. That's gonna be heaven on earth or hell on earth is who you marry. <laughs> And so it's a very important decision. And so I'm so, God, I'm so glad that God made the, the, the decision for me, that I didn't have to figure it out on my own. And I got the right person 40 years later, hallelujah. Going <laughs> on 41, praise God. So God spoke to him in an audible voice. He never told me that. He never used that as manipulation, even though the Lord did speak to him. The Lord, I had an encounter with God. He began praying for me, but I had an encounter with God and I knew that I knew that he was the, the, the one the Lord showed me. Our destinies were identical. I just... Even when in the, in the natural, it didn't even make sense. I was only 18 years old, and it was, for me, it felt like out of the blue, but the Lord, the Lord showed me. And, uh, and that's when my mom, after that, I think at some point, my mom shared with me what the Lord had shown her. So I know it was always that song. So that's kind of a special song for us, um, Peculiar. And we, we don't mind being peculiar. We are God's peculiar treasure. And so we might look peculiar to the world, but really peculiar, you know, obviously through the generations, words, the meaning of words change. And uh, so peculiar always has been, according to God's words, set apart his special treasure. Amen. And that's what we are. We're all God's particular set apart special treasure. Thank God for that. Amen. I mean, I don't care how you've been treated in your life by people who demeaned you or treated, just took advantage of you and chewed you up and spat you out, maybe ladies watching. But, you know, we're, we're, the Bible tells men to recognize that we're weaker, not, not weaker in a, in a negative sense, but that we're more, we're more fragile, gentle, we're, we have softer hearts. They're just designed differently because we have different purposes. There's only two genders, there's boys and there's girls, and our, our, everything about us makes us different. Amen. Now there's preferences, but there's only two genders. So let me tell you something. So the, the, the Bible mentions some women, and, and there, there are women here. Anyways, what I'm saying is whoever chewed you up and spat you out, God will restore all of that and restore you, restore your, the image of who God created to, you to be. You know, that was one of the things um, in all of these conferences, and I particularly emphasize it in the last one, but we are who God says we are, not who the world says we are, not who anybody else says we are, not by people's treatment of us, of what, because when, the way people treat you is what they think of you, right? So when, when, when you're being abused, physically, mentally, sexually, in what, whatever way, you feel less, they make you feel like you're less by the way that they treat you, but God says, I love you, you're my peculiar, special treasure, and I love you, and God, like, like all of those women in the Bible, 
that the other men looked at them and they went, oh, she's just an adulterer, she's just a, a, you know, an, a, a prostitute. And Jesus saw the, the value of the, the woman inside, not the woman who'd done all those things or been through those things, but the woman inside and who he, he saw her as valuable and precious. And that's what she was to him. So it doesn't matter what we are on the outside, God sees us as valuable and precious. Amen. And so our, our job is to grow into what he says that we are. So we have to see ourselves in the word and not see ourselves through our, our father's eyes or another man's eyes or boyfriend's eyes or husband's eyes or, or, or anybody else, but see ourselves through God's eyes and not even our own opinion of ourselves. God, you know what? You know what's so amazing is that God can, can break that over a person's life, because we all have that recorder on the inside that's telling us something. And it doesn't matter, you know, sometimes it's hard, I don't know if you're that kind of a lady, that it's hard to receive com compliments. It's hard for people, or it used to be maybe, that hard for people to say nice things to you. You're so used to people not saying nice, it's hard to actually receive people saying nice things to you. I don't know, I was like that. I had a hard time you know, and my husband's very, my dad was a good guy, but he, he would, if, if, he, if he gave you any, gave you any input, it was always negative. In other words, you know, it wasn't like, it was a correction. You did that wrong, you did that wrong, you did that wrong, you did that wrong. And, but there wasn't a lot of, you did that right and I'm proud of you. There wasn't much of that. I mean, he would, he would be proud of us to out there to other people, he would tell them anything we did, he was proud of, he, he would tell about us, what we'd done, but to us, he didn't, so, uh, so I, you know, I did not grow up abused, thank you, Jesus, but, you know, you, we still, we internalize a lot of these things, and that's, and so when my husband came along, and he was, and thank God he was genuine, he was, you know, there's nothing worse than someone who just flatters you, and you know they're insincere, it's like, it almost hurts more for them to give you a nice compliment that's flattery, than just to tell you, you know, you're ugly and your mother dresses you funny. <laughs> so, so, you know, to me, I, I, I don't like that. I don't like when people try and butter you up and flatter you. It doesn't score any points with me because it's insincere. I'd rather receive one genuine compliment than a hundred phony ones. Amen. I don't know about you. But I had a, I had a, it was like a mental adjustment for me getting used to how nice and sweet and kind my husband was with his words. He's so strong in that area of just, just loving and kind and nourishing with words. And you know, that's actually, that's our job as a mom. That's our job in the home, to be, to be kind and nourish the nurture, the nourisher. Um, and so the, the law of kindness is on her lips. That was a, a scripture that, that really stood out to me in, with the virtuous woman, the law of kindness because I'm very goal-oriented, so sometimes I can be sergeant major on you, and especially if I have to be your teacher and homeschool you, and my kids can tell you all about that. So sometimes I would really feel like I'm doing such a bad job because I'm sergeant major. No, you gotta do this work, and you gotta finish, and you gotta, you know. And uh, so in the end, by the time I got a teacher, I was like, ooh, I'll just be mom. I don't wanna be the one like, just, I don't care. If you have ants in your pants, sit down and finish. <laughs> And so, and so I had to learn to receive that, 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 that positive affirmation, amen. And I had to, so we need to let God's word speak life and speak that positive affirmation and we need to receive that and change our recorder. And you know the most beautiful thing, I've been listening to some on audiobooks. It's I actually wanna get the, the, the copy of it, but it's books written by men of God from this, like the 1700s. And they wrote the most beautiful things about women and how, you know, not, this, not the woman's lib stuff of, oh, we're, you know, we're exactly the same, because we're not exactly the same, we're different. But we have different giftings, I think maybe in some ways better giftings. We have superpowers. <laughs> we have some wonderful superpowers that we have. We have the gift of influence. And you know, there's only, let me say this, there's only, well, okay, let me just finish this thought because sometimes I don't finish thoughts. So the opposite of that would be manipulation, right? But like I shared with you last year, the woman who has to manipulate and control everything is someone who doesn't understand and, 
that she has divine influence and she doesn't walk in a divine influence. But when you have divine influence like Esther, you don't have to connive, you don't have to manipulate, you don't have to go behind the scenes. And so listen, there's, literally there's only two kinds of women right now. There's the, the Bible, uh, let me list you all the Bible, the, all the women the Bible talks about. So the Bible talks about the, you know, the wise woman and the virtuous woman and the holy woman. And, and um, that's what we want. We want wise, virtuous, and holy. But it also talks about foolish, silly, um, strange woman, the evil woman, the whorish woman, the foolish woman, the fair woman who's without discretion, so a pretty lady that has no character, um, a brawling woman, <laughs> a contentious and angry woman, an adulterous woman, an odious woman. So I looked up odious, it just means a hated woman, an unwanted, unloved, hated woman. I'm sure all of you have met ladies like that. Maybe you were one of those before Jesus redeemed you, that you, did, you were unloved and felt unloved, and, and because you were hurting and because you were angry, you try to hurt and, and everybody around you. And you weren't happy unless, okay, I'm gonna say you. Those kind of ladies, they're not happy until everybody else is miserable. How many of you know somebody like that? And if that was your mother, I'm sorry, but God can like, heal, <laughs> let God heal that in your life and your heart, amen. So you don't wanna be the drama queen, and you don't wanna be the princess because, but anyways, so, but all the negative traits, everything that all those negative traits have in common, they are the works of the flesh and of sin. So there's really no difference between those women. It's just, it's the work of the flesh and sin. They don't know Jesus yet. And they're making all the mistakes and the messes that people do when they're in the world and they're broken. But we don't have to be like that. God has redeemed us out of that. So we can be a virtuous woman. We can be a holy woman. We can be a godly woman. We can be a wise woman because we have the word of God on the inside of us. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that's what these conferences and things are all about. That's what going to church, staying in church, getting in the word. It's all about growing our character and make us who God wants us to be and not be competitive, not try to be um, you know, what we're not, but so, so one of the things that um, I, I actually wanted to take more notes out of it, but I, I wanted to stick with, I'm gonna, we're gonna be talking about flourishing like the palm tree today, before we finish. Won't, doesn't, won't, won't take too, too long. But um, women are unique and uniquely created and built, like we shared already, and no man can replicate a woman. I mean, we're watching them trying to pretend they're women. Listen. <laughs> They actually despise us because they're not trying to be like one of us because they admire us. They despise us. When you pretend you're a woman and then you, you go and sign up for some sport and the, the, the world that is going completely nuts, of course the world has an agenda. They're trying to, they're trying to get us to destroy ourselves. That's the devil's agenda, uh, to get us to destroy each other and destroy ourselves. And here they are. And so, you know, all of this feminism stuff was, was pushed, and then we're all, all the same, and there's no differences. When the science tells us, clearly there's differences, and common sense tells you there's differences, and for sure the Bible tells you there's difference, differences, and I would think that the maker would know how his product works, right? And so, he made us so he knows exactly how we function and what we need to be nurtured and to grow and to be who, who, who that we are. So, you know, it's not about right and wrong anymore, it's about feelings. Well, you know, God doesn't care about your feelings because your feelings are gonna take you, I mean, he does, he cares about you and everything, but those feelings are gonna take you down the wrong road. Feelings, that's how you got in the big mess as it is with your feelings. So you gotta tell your feelings how to feel and you've gotta bring your, your, your self, spirit, soul and body into compliance and into line with the word of God and that's the only way that you're gonna flourish and be blessed. So these men are trying to be women or this, and you have all these women that have tried to act like men in the workplace and have all this stuff and equal everything and really it's a, it's a bunch of garbage just trying to get us fighting with each other while they steal everything from us. That's all that's all about. Get us fighting about color and getting us fighting about men and women and all stuff and so now you got the you know this whole ungodly generation of 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 people who don't know which end is up and and what they are um and just just in sin basically it's just sin it's not it's not going to do with gender it's got to do with sexual choices that people make and they're all screwed up and messed up in the head and uh, and and nothing makes sense and here they're all like, oh yay, he's a woman. No, he's not, he's not a woman, he's never been a woman. 
he's pretending to be a, a woman so that he can, because he was 400 and what, 32nd in, in the men's, and now he's number one on the women's, and that's the only reason that he did that. And, and I'm telling you, I'm right, and, I'll, and, and because when he's done with his swimming career, he's gonna go back and be a, be a boy, I guarantee it. So, and this is wrong, and the world is just allowing this to happen. And I, and, I, and I told myself, I'm not gonna go on this rant or talk about all of this kind of stuff, but what I'm saying is, the world is pushing, pushes us in a direction, but God has a perfect plan for us, and I don't care what year it is, we can't take our cue from 2022 and all the lunatic people out there who are pushing a lie, and that stuff is just destructive. So we went around from being like equal to now being again unequal. Why does the woman always end up unequal? It doesn't matter what happens, because that's how the devil does things, right? So when I say that, I'm not saying we always end up unequal. What I'm saying is in the, under, under the devil's dominion. But again, like we, the men don't have to do the thorns and the thistles, so why should we be kept down? We can be productive and fruitful in our place. Amen. So it's the blood of Jesus that equalizes us. We were singing about the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the great equalizer. There's no man nor woman, there's no bond, no free, no Jew, no Gentile, no black, white, purple, pink, or brown. There's, we are all one in Christ Jesus. So you are, spiritually, we are on the same level as any other human being on the earth, male or female. Your husband, anything. Now in the natural, there is a hierarchy of organization, of authority for, the, for our general peace and well-being. Amen. So we don't just blindly obey government because it's government. That's not what Romans 13 is saying, if you don't know that already. We have to obey authority. God is the highest authority. So it doesn't matter what the stinking demonic government is telling you, God is the highest authority. So if they tell you shut your church down, you keep preaching and you preach louder. Hallelujah. And you know, I always wondered how we would react if that happened, and it did, and I'm so glad we stood up. Hallelujah. And there's some pastors in other countries that said, oh, if Pastor Rodney was in this country, he wouldn't have stood up. Guess what? Guess what? Just try it. <laughs> Watch and see. Amen. But then obviously we've got to be prepared for whatever penalties may come, but even if they shove you in jail and put, put <laughs> you know, tie you up and put guards on the place, what happens? You start worshiping the Lord and the God makes an earthquake and everything shakes off and you just walk right out of there. Hallelujah. 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 Don't stop halfway. Don't stand up and be bold and then they arrest you and then suddenly like, oh, what are we gonna do now? No, you just see the thing through because, but you know, this is the key. Do nothing out of stubbornness, self-will, pride, because you're gonna, you're gonna fail. You're gonna be locked in jail and you won't get out. <laughs> you do what God tells you on the inside. That's why you, you know, you, you just, you, even the day my husband got arrested, I'm like, Lord, we need a word from you because we cannot just do this in the flesh. And we definitely, you know, we don't care about what people think of us. We, we died to, we had to die that a long time ago. We're gonna stand up for you, Lord, and do whatever. So you tell us whatever we need to do. We will humble ourselves, we'll do whatever. And the Lord said, run to the roar, which is Benaiah who ran toward the lion in the pit and killed him. Didn't run away from the lion, he ran towards, he faced that thing. And so the Lord said, humble your heart before me, right? Submit to God and resist the devil. So always remember ladies, that's your strength. You submit to God, so you humble your heart. No matter what, the conflict in your marriage, you're going, you know, whatever you're facing, what opposition coming from people, family giving you a hard time, humble yourself before God, still your heart, make your heart quiet, and then let God fill you and then be bold to say and do everything he tells you to do. Amen. And that's your key. That's your key right there. Submit to God, resist the devil, stand up. But any society that degrades, debases, disrespects, and demeans women are doomed for failure. Any society that treats women badly are doomed the entire society is doomed to failure. That's why 
a lot of these religions where women are, are debased, they're not educated, um, they have multiple wives, um, and they, they, they just, they kill their daughter if she gets raped. Uh, horrendous things. In fact, in, in, I believe in certain Indian cultures, when the husband died, they would burn the wife on the funeral pyre with her. And it was Christians that went in and convinced them to stop doing that. It is always, you see, the lie of the devil is that Christianity puts women down, and that is a lie. Wherever Christianity is properly practiced, not religion, but not, not man, not a sinful man, you know, quoting scripture, because you can take scripture to defend whatever demonic agenda that you have. You can twist it all for, for slavery, for putting women down, for everything. You can like twist the Bible to say that, but that is not what God, God is not for slavery. He's not for polygamy. He's not for women being put down or degraded or debased or being used or objectified, amen. So Christianity as, as it is practiced, in the Bible, as Jesus did, was always to lift women up. Now, not to the place where she can be arrogant and snooty and a princess, but to be, because men and women, we all, we have, we have to humble our heart and God will exalt us. And that's what we're striving for, to be right with the Lord. Amen. Each of us. But any society that de degrades women will fail. But societies who recognize women in their unique place and value and abilities are going to prosper. Even if the women are not in the workplace, even if they're just in the home, there is a power, powerful sphere of influence that we have from the home to be that helpmeet to our husband, to support him, to, to let him pour out his troubles to us, to comfort him, to give him our wisdom and advice and prudent advice, and to raise our children and to love them and to raise them to be godly people out there in the world, our boys and our girls. Listen, when you have, even, even, even a stay-at-home mom, you don't have to be in the workplace to make a difference. Now you can, if that's what you call to, and by all means, own your own business. That's the best, don't work for someone else, own your own business, I mean, that's the best, that's what you need to strive for, that's the best place. If you're not called to ministry, own your own business, amen. God will give you the ideas, he'll give you the grace, he'll give you the finances, he'll provide for you, make a way. And then of course, you know, we do need people working for other people because we need this, you know, you have, you have teachers, you have nurses, you have people like that, that serve and help and, and, and really it's, it's like, you know, in, in fact, nursing started out as a Christian endeavor of, of women just, you know, doing what the Bible says and reaching all the people who, listen, the people who made the reforms in nursing, prisons, they were women, not men. Abolishing slavery, woman, 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 all the time. Maybe quiet, maybe behind the scenes, maybe never given the credit, but it was always women driving it, not, not by acting like a man, but acting like a lady and standing in her sphere of influence, powerful influence and writing articles to change minds, and loving people, and caring, and just going in there and doing, and then other people you know, coming behind that to help and to lead the way. But isn't that awesome? I mean, it's women all the, all the time, those godly women, those wise women that underpin society and, and, and make all of society productive, fruitful, peaceful for everybody. Where you just have boys, they're gonna be all the testosterone's gonna be running wild. They're gonna be beating each other up and, and <laughs> you know, I know, I, you know they say China is heading for like in a bad way because they, they you know, basically aborted all their girls and just raised men, boys and India's, they're doing the same thing. Um, and, but it actually destabilizes the society. And when they wake up and realize that they're like, hey, we need a few girls here. Listen, please have some girls. So they've actually, China's lifted the restrictions now and letting them, you know, but unfortunately a lot of them are like, well, I already have kids anyways, but. Um, so we need the girls, we need girls, in, boys need girls. We are, we are the calming influence. We, we, you know, so I feel really, it's really sorry for these poor little kids that grow up in a, a home with two dads. I just do because they're just not equipped to raise boys or girls. Girls and boys need a mommy and a daddy, if at all possible. It's very important, a mommy and a daddy. And that's, you know, earlier I was talking about due season and there's not due season for, you know, early to have babies or, <laughs> or you know, uh, um, Kennedy. There's a juicy, there's a time that you produce, there's a time that, you know, that you, for you in your life. But, um, but, so we have to trust the Lord in our life of that 
due season of things, there's things that we're going to produce, there's things that we bring forth, and I totally forgot which, which direction I was going to go, and it'll come back to me now. But anyways, so women, women are the underpinning of society, and society will be, will be prosperous when women are, are elevated to their place, their proper place in society. So we don't try to be a man or take his place, because that's unfruitful, and it creates strife and confusion, but in our place of womanhood, wife, mother, nurturer, influencer, carer, intercessor, we are extremely powerful. And you know, if you think about it, um, some of you had a wonderful mom like I did, some of you maybe didn't, but that mom, think of the influence that she has in the home over the children, of where home is like always the place you always wanna come back to or not. And everyone needs, everybody needs home, everybody needs a safe place that they, that, that they can <sighs> relax, and de-stress, and, and you can make your home that for your kids. So you need to be the mother you wanted your mother to be, or perhaps that your mother was, right? But if your mother wasn't that, then be, be the mom that you would have wanted for yourself. And doesn't that change? That would change your perspective right there of, of everything you do and how you do it uh, with your children, amen, and, and with your husband. It's funny, because I actually, <laughs> in, in um, I think it's in Love and Respect with Emerson Egerich, and we have a lot of great books we recommend. Some we, some we bought for you to buy here, but the rest we just have a, a, a list that you can look at. There's so many good books out there. But um, it, it talks about how um, a lot of times a woman have had a wake-up call when they think about how they treat their husband. And like the wake-up call was, well, how would you want your um, your son to be treated by his wife? Would you want your son's wife to treat him like you treat your husband? I'll just leave that hanging there. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? Because we can justify our choices all day long, but we're not going to be, we're not going to flourish, and no one around us will be able to flourish until we accept who we are and who we created to be, and it's, it's about being selfless, not about being selfish. Because selfish just produces all kinds of harm and hurt all the way through society, but selflessness and love and reaching out and giving and caring. And you have to know, sometimes being a mom can feel like the most uh, unappreciated job in the world, but you know, the last, last conference, the Lord gave me the, the message on agents, and that one really ministered to me, and I know it did to a lot of ladies about being that secret agent, that there's things we do that, are, that other people don't see, and even if they never appreciate us for it, now the Bible promises they will eventually, amen, the virtuous woman, I mean, she's, she's got to do all that hard work, right? But at the end, her children bless her and her husband praises her. So the, the, the acknowledgement will come. But if we're emotionally needy, if we're that dry ground that's, that, you know, the water's never enough, we have to let the Lord enrich our own soil and touch our own heart and, and, and have a revelation. Every lady needs to, men too, but we need, particularly ladies, we have to have, have, to have a revelation of how much God loves us how much he loves us, because that's that rich soil that everything is planted in, amen. And out of that, because you can't give what you don't have. So we have to know how, much, how we are beloved and how much God loves us in order for us to sow and, and to give out and to be a blessing. Well, let me share this with you quickly. This is, this is also the, one of my favorites to, to share, but flourish like a palm tree. So Psalm 92 says, um, the uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. Psalm 92, 12. And uh, flourish, that word flourish, I told you last night, there's, there's different words for flourish. This one means, the other one means green and verdant, and this one means to bud, to blossom, to grow, to fly, to spring, to spring up, to break forth, to break out, to, to spread abundance. Again, it, everything God does always comes back to abundance, 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 abundance. God's promise is that they will grow and that they will flourish, these trees, these trees of righteousness. Say, I am a tree, am a tree of, righteousness. of righteousness. I am growing, I am growing and I am, I am flourishing. Amen. 
So this reference to the palm tree is figurative of the prosperity of the righteous. The palm tree is, as the Amplified says, long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. It is long-lived and evergreen. You know, I actually had a picture I was going to send to the guys to pop up, and I totally forgot to do it. But um, the, the date palm in particular is, is, I mean, I don't know about you, but we love palm trees. My husband loves palm trees. In fact, one of the things that we wanted for, um, for this place, when we, we had this vision in our heart for the, for the church, we were talk, before we bought this place, we, we were talking to architects and everything else, and um, we, we saw uh, you know, a, a place with lots of glass, uh, an unusual shape, um, I, I asked for the porticos, so you can thank me later, and anyway, <laughs> so you can drive under it and not get bucketed down, right? Or at least you can get out the car and your husband can go park if, if, you, if you're so privileged to have him with you. And um, anyways, so um, when God gave us this place, oh, my husband was palm trees, Lucky, a lot of parking spaces and palm trees. And so, uh, hey, palm, we love palm trees. And so palm trees, guys, if you get that in production, just pop the palm tree up there. I'll send you a few different pictures, just for fun. So the palm tree is it's long-lived. It's an evergreen. It's always green, no matter what. It has a tall, stately body. It sta- according to that song of Solomon 7.7, 7, it stands upright. Jeremiah 10.5 turns, talks about the uprightness of the palm tree. Um, Psalm 28 and verse 8 says, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he will teach sinners in the way. God is good and he's upright, and we need to be like him. And then Psalm 112, verse 2 says, His seed shall be mighty on the earth, the generation of the upright shall be blessed. God doesn't bless sin, he blesses the upright. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Hallelujah. These are promises we can attach to and receive. So you've got to see yourself as this beautiful, aren't they beautiful? This beautiful palm tree, it stands upright, it lives a long time, it's, it's evergreen. Um, it has huge branches that grow at a great height. The palm trees were used for constructing the booths for the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Joy, hallelujah. Yeah, you can run through all the pictures and then you, can, then you can bring it back down again. You don't have to leave them up there, but just run through them a little bit. So the palm tree, now because people really appreciated the palm tree, it was a feature in the Middle East. And one of the reasons the, the palm tree was so uh, prevalent was because they grow everywhere. They grow in the sandy soil. They grow where nothing else can grow. Um, they, 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 they're just, they're amazing. They can survive. I mean, they grow on islands where you have ridiculous storms and they, they, they still go in after many, many, many years. And so because of the brightness and beauty of the palm tree, they named people after it, usually ladies, and places. So uh, Tamar, Palm, Palmyra, Phoenicia. Phoenicia is the Greek word for, for palm. The whole land of Palestine was actually called by the Greeks and Romans Phoenicia, the land of palms. Tadmor in the desert was called by the Greeks and Romans Palmyra, which means the city of palms. And then Jericho in multiple places, one of them Deuteronomy 34.3, Jericho was referred to as the city of palm trees. And in fact, in, in the King James, where it just says the city of palm trees, it doesn't mention the name, it's speaking about Jericho, the city of palm trees. The finest specimens grew at Jericho and then in En Gedi, right, where David would hang out. David's favorite place to hang out was En Gedi. Well, it wasn't his favorite place, but that's his favorite place while he was running away from Saul <laughs> or trying to hide from Saul and you know, stop from getting killed. Uh, and so that was a, a beautiful, because I'm sure he spent time in some nasty places as well, but En Gedi was, was a refreshing place with many palm trees and water, beautiful rocks. Um, and then, of course, palm trees grew at their best the finest specimens, of course, at the banks of the Jordan River because their roots are going down into that lovely water. There's a description of the date palm in Bible Plants, a book called Bible Plants. The date palm tree frequently attains a height of 80 feet, but more commonly 40 to 50. It begins to bear fruit. 80 feet is pretty tall for a long, skinny tree, right? I think. 80 feet, what's that, like eight stories? It's, it's really high. Um, it begins to bear fruit after it has been planted for six or eight years, and it continues to be productive for a century. 
For a hundred years it produces. That's pretty awesome. So say, I'm a palm. I'm a palm. All right, so this is you, because we're flourishing like the palm tree. Um, its trunk is straight, tall, and unbroken, terminating in a crown of emerald green plumes, like a diadem of giant ostrich feathers. I love the way they describe it. These giant ostrich feathers. These leaves are frequently 20 feet in length, droop slightly at the ends, and whisper musically in the breeze. And I'm sure if, when you were taking a trip through the desert, you'd be very happy to see this big palm tree with the big leaves and to sit under it in the shade, amen. The palm tree is in truth a beautiful and most useful tree. Its fruit is the daily food of millions. Its sap furnishes an agreeable wine. Who knew? The sap from the palm tree could wine. Listen, when you're in the desert and you don't have a 7-Eleven or a Publix or a Kroger, you're gonna use what you have around you, right? And so it has even sap that made wine. The fibers of the base of its leaves are woven into ropes and rigging. Its tall stem supplies valuable timber. Its leaves are manufactured into brushes, mats, bags, couches, and baskets. This one tree supplies almost all the wants of the Arab or the Egyptian. One tree, isn't that powerful? And it looks like just a skinny little thing with trees when we look at it, but look at what it does. Look at what it produces. Look how long it produces. Look at, what, look at how much comes out of something that looks so little. Amen. Because we just see the stem and the leaves, what is it good for? But look at that. Now, the palm tree grows from within. It's an endogen. So it grows from the inside out. We are growing from the inside out. Amen. We're being changed from glory to glory, from the inside out. It's got to happen first on the inside, and then it manifests on the outside. All of that flourishing and that blessing, that productivity, it starts on the inside of you. And then from there, it flows out and can be seen. As a man or a person thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. We've got to guard our heart and our mouth. Proverbs 4, 23 and 24. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. Put away from you false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk put far from you. You know, ladies, a lot of times we process by talking things and then we, we, we say things, we just talk without thinking a lot of times. Like I'm talking about pre-Jesus, right? Or just as we're getting our mind renewed. And we'll just yabber negativity. Uh, I mean, I think, I think we're more prone to do it than men because men, when they're going through a struggle, they get, they, they're more likely to turn inwards. And, and, but we, we go out and we start bah, 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 as if that's going to fix it. <laughs> You know, and I remember one time talking to somebody about something, and the Lord said, when are you going to come to me about that? I'm like, sorry, Lord. I'm talking to everybody else about this thing that I need fixed, and what I needed to do was go to the Lord for the fixing. So he, he, he um, that was this, a little, just a little spanking. <laughs> it wasn't a big spanking, it was just a little one. But he will bring, if we'll allow him, he'll bring those corrections. We've got to yield our mouth. I mean, ladies, some of you, you might need to wake up every morning and say, Lord, put a God on my lips today. I mean, I know I have. Wake up in the morning, Lord, thank you that this is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Right there, that's an attitude adjuster, amen. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, we need an attitude adjuster, especially when we're not, you know, that time of the month or whatever, <laughs> we need all the help we can get. So refocus us on on him and not on what's going on and how we feel. Okay, Lord, this is the day you have made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. And Lord, today, lead me, guide me. Thank you that you go before me. Thank you that you make a way for me. Thank you that your angels encamp around about me and protect me. Thank you that you give me wisdom. We can ask him for wisdom every day. He said, if you can ask me for wisdom, and I'm not going to tell you, oh, you're coming again asking for wisdom. He said he won't upbraid us. So we can, he wants us to ask him for his wisdom every day. Lord, give me your wisdom. Lord, speak to me by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, please put a guard on my mouth. Please help me put a guard on my lips. Amen. Because we've we got to speak life. We've got to speak, see, whatever we're speaking out, we're going to eat the fruit of our lips. So you don't want your fruit to be sour. Yeah, we had a lemon tree in our yard that, that the dog, we used to just throw it for the dog, because the dog would run and fetch balls. So we would just use it for the dog because the lemons were not good. They were just way too sour. And we had other fruit, you know, it was peaches and plums and apricots and everything else. And that was lovely. 
but the, the lemon, uh, so you don't want lemons coming out of your mouth because that's what you're gonna have to eat, right? You're gonna eat the fruity vegetables. So you want peaches and plums and cherries and grapes and all the nice stuff to come out of your mouth, figuratively speaking. So they're useful, so palms are useful and fruitful. In fact, the Syrians enumerated 360 different uses to which it may be put. Isn't that amazing? 360 uses they had for the palm tree. And then it's, it's useful and fruitful in that it bears pleasant and useful fruit dates, the date palm, then you have other fruits, coconut, and it bears its best fruit in its old age. There's a theme going on here, ladies. I mean, for you younger, you can, I mean, for, the, for your younger guys, this is your hope, right? But <laughs> for anybody who's like over 50 or whatever, or maybe even over 40, you're gonna produce your best fruit in your, in your old age. So, actually, I, I just ordered a new book from um, Luann Brissendine. She wrote the book on the female brain. And, um, and I just, it's called The Upgrade. So I'm waiting for it to come out. It hasn't been released yet. Um, but one of the things she talks about there is how, again, as Pastor Rodney was saying, your most fruitful time is when you like through all the hormones. If you already raised all your kids, it's actually your most fruitful time. And a lot of women, it's like they feel the shift and they, they'll go do crazy stuff. Some of them will divorce their husband, which is not a good idea. Um, and some of them will go back to college. Some of them will start a business. But that's the shift. That's the shift that's, because remember, God made us with all our hormones. So, you know, as with anything, we've got to put our hormones under the blood of Jesus. We've got to put our mind under the blood of Jesus. We've got to put our mouth under the blood, put our hormones under the blood of Jesus, right? Tell your feelings how to feel. And, uh, and, and, and don't let that drag you down and get miserable. And, you know, some, sometimes people can, we can use that for when we're feeling bad to, to elicit sympathy. But, you know, that's not a, that's not a good... And, and everybody, everybody needs you know, a little bit of nurturing and sympathy when you're not feeling good. But, but you don't want to, as a lifestyle, be trying. You know, listen, we've had people that, that we try to get them healed and they didn't want to get healed because they didn't want the, the, the loved one to stop doing stuff for them and nurturing, literally. They didn't want, they didn't want to be stopped being waited on and pampered and fussed because they were ill. You know what, you need, a, you need a breakdown in your life. My friend Marion, she's flying in today. She's, she actually wrote a book, ABCs of Emotions. It was really good. And, and she, had, she, she couldn't stop eating candy and she had a weight problem because she loved candy. And then she associated with, every time she was sick, her mom would give, give her a big bag of candy. So she was eating, you know how we eat our problems? Well, she was eating her problems with the candy. And so when she, when she acknowledged the, the root of it, she could deal with it and God set her free and she's been skinny ever since. Amen. And, uh, well, healthy, let me rephrase that. She's been healthy ever since. But she, she, there was that association. So sometimes because of some whatever, some glitch in the matrix, something that went wrong in somewhere, we, we, we associate these things with, with good things. And so we need to reprogram. We need to reprogram and, and be the one reaching out to nurture others, not always waiting for someone, oh, feel sorry for me, right? Amen. So it's flexible. This is the best attribute of woman. We're flexible, much more flexible than boys. Palm trees are, are the, the most amazing things about the palm tree is the elasticity of its fibers. Even when it's loaded with weights, it'll keep growing upwards. Isn't that awesome? Even when it's loaded with weights, it'll keep growing upward. When you trust the Lord, no matter what you got going on in your life, maybe you have, you know, a special needs kid, and maybe you have a special needs husband. I'm just kidding. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe you're somewhere in the world, I don't know, where you're watching this and you just, you just, it's, everything's hard, it's difficult, it's, but listen, all the weight, that, the, that life tries to put on you. When you are surrendered to the Lord and you are the palm tree, you're a flourishing, the, you're applying the word in your life, you're gonna still grow up straight and strong and productive and fruitful into old age, no matter what is weighed on you. In fact, you are gonna be stronger than the sister next door to you. Amen, because you've, you've come through that thing. Listen, it's not your circumstances that make you stronger. It's how you behave in the middle of the circumstances. Amen. And attaching to God's promises. Joseph didn't make it through what he did because of his, because he went through bad things and that made him, you know, a good person. No, it was because he kept his eyes on that promise that God gave him. And God brought him through all of those things. He kept his integrity. He kept his attitude and his heart right. And look at where God put him. 
from the pit that his brothers threw him into, into like second only to the Pharaoh. Amen. And so God will do that with you as well. Because it can bend in the wind, it can survive great storms. Life throws storms at you. I mean, the Bible says we have to have our house built on the rock. And when the storm comes, it doesn't say storms are not going to come. It says when the storm comes, the difference between the house that was blown away and the house that wasn't is one's built on the sand and one is built on the rock. Build your house on the rock. When those storms come, we don't expect them, we don't ask for them, we don't look for them. But when they do come, we are, we are built on that rock and the storm will just pass us by. We will not be moved. Amen. So with the palm tree, their, flexi their flexibility is, what, is part of what makes them strong and endures. Their roots stay firm even as the rest of the tree moves. Proverbs 31, 17, she girds herself with strength, spiritual, mental, physical fitness for her God-given task, and she makes her arms strong and firm. So we, are multi we can multitask, we can change and adapt. We are created as a helpmeet for men because we can mold and adjust. They have a harder time doing that. That's our superpower. So we're not, we're not less than them, but just because, see, th there can't be two heads. Like I said, there's authority. So God puts the man in as the head of the household and gives him responsibilities to love his wife like Christ does the church, to, to treat her like she's more fragile and be more gentle with her so that his prayers will be answered. Amen. So he has his responsibilities. But then we have our responsibility to be a team player and work with him, not against him. If you work against him, you two are going to be on the losing team. So you work with him and you ask God to give you, I, like all of us have to, because we're, we have an opinion, right? And he has an opinion and, and they're probably both wrong and only the Lord is right. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And thank God to be able to be humble ourselves and apologize and say, I'm sorry, and, um, and, and keep going and stay married and not give up. Amen. And not let some stupid little thing break, break, break your marriage. Now, you're never ob obliged to stay in an abusive situation, right? But you've got to keep your heart right. You say, okay, if you want to be abusive, you know, because I'm responsible for me, but I'm responsible to you, right? You're responsible to me and for you. Your husband's responsible for him, you're responsible, you can, each, every, each person is responsible only for themselves and to everybody else. So you can say, if you, you're gonna you know, give me black eyes, you're gonna be abusive, you're gonna be angry, you can be that, but I'm not gonna stand here and be your punching bag. I'm gonna remove myself somewhere where I'm safe, but I'm gonna keep praying for you, I'm gonna keep loving on you, and when you, when you get saved, I'll be here. <laughs> Well, you know, you got to just, the, the key is do whatever the Lord tells you to do. Don't do anything out of stubbornness or rebellion or like a knee-jerk reaction. You know, respond, don't react. Respond, don't react. Don't be reactionary. It doesn't, it doesn't produce good fruit. So she girds herself with strength, spiritual, mental, physical, for her God-given task, and she makes her arms strong and firm. So um, we have to decide we have to strengthen ourselves. We have to. Um, David said he strengthened himself. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And we have to do the same thing. So we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We have to believe God's word that says if we keep on sowing, we will reap in due time and not give up. Amen. You know, something about the creation of women. I believe that God didn't make them both at the same time and just put, put him and her there, plop them there. But he made first Adam, which really, she was inside him, right? And he left Adam there for a little while to check everything out, see what was in his new world, have a look at all the plants and the butterflies and the fish and the flowers and the birds and all the animals, and he named all the animals, and there wasn't a helpmeet found for him. And I believe God did that on purpose the Bible doesn't tell us that Adam asked for the helpmeet. He didn't even know what he, I mean, you've never seen one. How can you ask for what you've never seen, right? But the woman was God's grace gift to Adam. You are God's grace gift to your husband, your future husband. You are God's grace gift to, to you know, look, if you're not married and you're not going to get married, I'm not, well, if you're young, I mean, that's, that's God's plan for you. Marry, have kids, multiply. But if for some reason that's not going to be, that's not your life, you're on your own, you are, you are not counted out. 
you can still be productive, fruitful, useful, and a blessing to society. Amen. You can absolutely be a blessing. You don't have to be a wife to be a blessing. You don't have to be a mom to be a blessing. You can be a blessing wherever you go. There's many women that God has used in, in a mighty way, in like I, I said, like even nursing, even missionary work, that, that for whatever reason chose or didn't have the opportunity to be married, but they gave themselves to serve God and did great and mighty things and made a difference in hundreds of thousands of people's lives in the position that God put them. So it's just important to be where you are and be the best you that you can be. So anyway, so the Lord put Adam to sleep, right? Took her out, built her, specially built and created her for him. And he woke up and he was like, oh my goodness, this is what I've been missing all along. (laughs) And the two became one flesh. And God said, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. And so men need to see the value of the wife. You know, men are fast. They can, you know, they can do everything fast. They can get it done, da, da, da. And we, no, we're a little slower, right? So especially, you know, in areas of marriage or whatever, you know, husband, a lot of boys have made this mistake. They get married and they just think, oh, everything's gonna be fine and she'll just do what I want and all that kind of stuff. And they get married and they find out that they get out of it what they put into it. And so, you know, so they have to be nice to us all day long or they're not gonna get nurtured back (laughs) later. Or there'll be some attitudes to deal with, right? So, so, you know, and and men are like that, like even in the workplace, they can just go, you know, like the boss go to the guy, look, you messed that up, you you did a big whatever, you can like tell him off, da la 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 la, and then 30 minutes later they're having coffee. Try do that to a girl. (laughs) You gotta do, now, you know, you're doing such a wonderful job. You're so great. I'm not, this is nothing against you. But if you could, if you don't mind, if you could just, this, this is just turned out a little bit of a tragedy. If you could just fix it, that would be awesome. Thank you. Oh, you're doing such a great job. I mean, it just, hey, that's life, right? We, if someone comes and yells at us, we can have a hard time just sitting and having a cup of coffee with them later without. And boys can just do that. So that's why, you know what, that's why I butt out and I let my husband handle things. When I'm freaking out, when he's like laying into was some, like he always does it in love. It's not always like people that work for us. Sometimes it's other ministers or whatever, and he, he's got a way of telling them off and building them up at the same time. It's like a gift. And um, so I just, I zip it, because I'm, I'm like freaking out, like, <laughs> You know, but, but see, the strength of him is he's not just nasty, laying into people, being mean to them, just, just, it's, but it's for, it's, he's telling them something that's gonna break stuff off of them and bring them into a place of blessing, amen. And uh, so, so anytime we bring correction, it mustn't be because we're venting our anger, but it's because we're trying to help. And with, from our children to all the way to anybody that works for us, under us, with us, whoever we are responsible for, amen. We, we bring correction in the sphere of love because love is our secret weapon. Love is our secret weapon. So we're gonna talk about more about this but love is the secret to your strength and endurance. It in, love endures long and is patient and kind. Love keeps going no matter what comes its way. Love takes no account, this is 1 Corinthians 13, 5. Love takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. That is your key is love right there. More than anything else, love. If you can learn what the love of God is and learn to operate and work and function with the love of God in your life, that's your key. Without love, a home is just a house. Without love, it's, 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 you know, there's a wedding but there's no marriage. Um, Without love, nothing flourishes. Love is, God is love. This whole, everything he created was created out of his love. He created us because he loves us. We're created in his image. The devil hates us because God loves us so much. But we're not gonna be 
who the devil wants us to be. We're not gonna let the devil have his way in our life. We're gonna let God have his way. So if that means that I have to put myself on the altar and not let God burn all the attitudes out of me, all the garbage out of me, all the hurts and the anger and the fear and the unforgiveness and the bitterness and the, all that mess because those are the hindrances to your life and to your growth and, and to your fruitfulness in every area of your life. But all these, all these barriers of bad attitudes, especially unforgiveness and, and bitterness, but we need to let the love of God come in. So love is the key. The message on love changed my life. So if you can get the love walk, get that, and, and manage the heart, they kind of flow together. Um, I did that in the Bible school. I actually need to redo that sometime. Would be good. Uh, because God's mercy endures, His mercy is His love, because His mercy endures forever, we can endure. Endure the pressure to give up. Keep sowing in due season, you're going to reap. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 12 and 13, because it talks about the last days, because iniquity shall shall abound, because of sin, the love of many shall wax cold. And we can watch that happening now because iniquity is abounding, because they told you you don't have to wait for marriage to have sex, that you can have it any time, and it just has produced such destruction in all the lives of the people who partake of that before it's time, of the children that have been aborted, the children that have been born into these, these families and, and being abandoned and no, you know, pregnant woman, no, no man in, in the house. Um, and what happens is it, it says because of this iniquity, because of sin, everybody's bound by pornography. Um, they have no mercy. They have no compassion. Mercy and compassion is an attribute of, of the Holy Spirit. And people in the world, they just don't have that. The more that, and this is, the, this is what the devil wants for all of us. He wants us to, to sin. And especially sexual sin is something that, that perverts the entire person. Because, you know, person, someone can beat you and your, your wounds will heal. They can say mean things to you and those things will hurt a little deeper because they'll stay with you longer, right? That tape, that tape recorder. But someone can sexually abuse you and it goes very, very deep. It cuts right down into the heart of a person and affects them from, from, the, from the roots, from the inside out. And that's where God on the floor can completely deliver and set free, hallelujah, and pull out every root of that. Because there's a hardness, and I see particularly in men who've been abused in that way, there's a hardness on them. You know, girls are more likely to come and open up and say, I need help. And, uh, but, but men tend to just stiffen and harden. And what we have to be careful of is that we don't allow, because people have been through, through experiences like that, but what happens is that demon attaches to them, and then they allow themselves to dwell in the sin of that thing. It, it attaches to their mind, and then they perpetuate it. And, but we have to break that. We have to break that in people's lives and break it off of them. And uh, so we, when iniquity abounds, the love of many shall wax cold, which is what we see, the complete lack of compassion these days. Um, he that endures till the end, the same shall be saved. So we have to endure all of this crazy stuff going on around us and keep our heart right. Amen. That's the part of endurance. Keep our heart right and keep, keep doing what's right. And so I don't know what other churches are preaching or saying. A lot of them are, are just speaking what, what the devil wants them to say and what their government wants them to say. Um, but... And I pray every church wakes up and has a revival all in America and all around the world. Amen. But from this place, as long as we have a voice, we're going to be speaking to people about don't follow the world. Don't, don't fall for all this stuff that comes along. But stay true to the Word of God and you will endure. You will endure. You will endure. Because the most important thing is you want to make eternity. And you want your children to make eternity. Amen. You know, I used to think people go like, oh, when, when, when everything's going south, they say, oh, I don't want to have bring kids into this world. Well, that's not what God says. God says, God, every, when the Israelites were, the enemies were attacking them on every side, the Lord said to them, have children, plant, live in houses, plant vineyards and have kids. Jesus said, occupy till I come. So there's your, there's your word right there. I'm so encouraged. I, I, you know how you end up following one Instagram account and then like all of these you know, they kind of steer you towards. There are so many women out there, a lot of them, most of them are Christians, 
they're having five, six, seven, eight, nine, seventeen children. It's awesome. I think you should have as many as you can feed. I think you should have as many as you can take care of. Don't have more than what you can take care of. Don't have 17 kids if you can't even barely take care of three. That's, that's not going to work, right? So you have to be prepared to take care of them. Don't sign for stuff you're not prepared to pay for. <laughs> but have as many as you are able to. I mean, if you can't have them, adopt them. I mean, whatever you need to do, do, do whatever, whatever's, whatever makes you feel like that's what Lord, the Lord wants you to do. I'll say whatever makes you happy, but it's whatever the Lord leads you to do. But so I think it's awesome. So God wants us not to focus on the negatives. And so I was thinking about, Lord, my grandchildren. And the Lord said, you know, what are you worried about? If your grandchildren are raised in God and they have a relationship with the Lord and they're born again. When our kids were little, there was that song, I Pledge Allegiance to the Lamb um, by um, Ray, Ray Boltz. And and we, we took, and he's, he's got the visual, his, his, uh, um, the video to go with it was like of this guy in the future, which the future has come kind of, kind of rushing at us like a freight train, of, of him being, being executed for his faith and having a conversation with his child. And you're watching this thing and you're crying your eyes out and feeling his, having to say goodbye to his kid and saying, I'm going to be okay, but you stand strong. And to, if we can just make sure that our kids from little have a relationship with the Lord. Amen. Not just because they just sit in church or go to children's church, but make sure they're actually born again and they actually have a relationship with themselves. That's your goal as a mom, to influence, not to demand, not to, not to beat them over the head with scripture, but to, but to love them into the kingdom and influence them into the kingdom and, and show them how much God loves them because people are attracted to love and repelled by brutality and harshness, right? So that gentleness draws them, letting them know how much God loves them. And then obviously each child has a choice. You're responsible for, uh, for yourself, but to your children. They have, they have choices to make. And when they grow up, sometimes they don't make the right choice, but you just keep praying for them and influencing in the right direction, right? And, and stand on God's promises that the devil will not have them. They're your kids, they belong to you. The devil will not take them. They will make heaven. They will make eternity no matter what it, no matter what it takes. But the devil will not have him have them at the end. So we have to trust that, that when Jesus comes to take us all, our kids are going too. So, so we have to have kids, don't not do things out of fear or because of what is happening in the world, but train your kids, teach, make sure they're going to heaven. Like, and make sure you're going to heaven. <laughs> Some of us are going to make sure we run heaven. We have to um, have a root in ourselves, otherwise we won't endure. If we have no root, it says, we uh, have no root in themselves, they endure for a little time. That's Mark uh, chapter four. We have to enjoy, endure persecution with faith and patience. We have to endure correction from the Father. Some, never, mind, never mind enduring persecution. Some people can't even endure correction from the Father. We have to learn to take God's correction. We have to allow him to, it says um, in Hebrews 12, seven, if you, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons and daughters. For what son is there to whom the Father chasteneth? Not, chasteneth, chasteneth Chasteneth not. So who, what father doesn't discipline his son? The Bible says if you love your children, you will discipline them early. Early. That means before they can talk, you're bringing boundaries into their life. You don't spank a six-month-old for crying out loud, but you, you bring the appropriate boundaries, and we've got plenty of books and plenty of ladies here who have raised wonderful children that can help you if you don't know how to do that. So we have to allow God to strengthen us in First Peter 5, 8 through 10, he talks about, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. In other words, resist the devil, steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, but the God of all grace, who has called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while. That doesn't mean, that does... There's no doctrine of suffering there that you have to suffer. But after you, after you have been tested and tried and purified, amen. In fact, the Hebrew word with, well, I was mentioning Joseph, it talks about how he was purified by what he went through. 
He wasn't purified by the circumstance, but he was purified by standing on the promise. And that's, that's the purification that they use for metals, to, to, to heat metals up very hot so that the, the gunky stuff goes to the top and they can scoop it off and leave the pure metal behind. So whatever life throws at us, they say, hey devil, throw it all. We, whatever doesn't kill me is gonna make me better. I mean, that's a horrible thing. I'm not, you know, I'm not expected to be killed. But listen, whatever, whatever's thrown your way, you're just gonna get stronger through it. You're just gonna, and you're gonna have more faith and you're gonna have the strength to speak into someone else's situation and say, I've been through that and I stood on the word and I'm gonna pray, pray with you and tell you what I did and you're gonna make it. Amen, hallelujah. Hallelujah, amen. So even if you screw up royally in your life, you get it together again, you just use it as a testimony. Yes, I messed up, but look at what God has done in my life and God will bring you through as well and bring it to you. And you'll come out without even the smell of smoke on you. I mean, I look around here and I see some of the ladies and some of the testimonies and, and, and I look at you and you would never say that that was your lifestyle before Jesus. You came out without even the smell of smoke on you for the grace of God. So he says, after you've suffered a little while, he will make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So the devil, he's stupid. He tries to throw stuff at you. He's just, he's a loser. He's just making you stronger. Amen. Hallelujah. So in closing, I just want to mention that palm branches were used by the Jews in a token of victory and peace. They were used in a feast of tabernacles. They were used, remember, they put the palms in front of Jesus at the triumphal entry. And then even in heaven, it talks about that they're going to be standing, we are going to be standing before the throne and the lamb. Said, let me read it. After I beheld, Revelation 7, 9 and 10, after this I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hand, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne, and to the Lamb. They're going to be holding palm branches. Psalm 37, 11 says, But the meek shall inherit the earth and delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And 1 Corinthians 5, 17, But thanks be to God, who always gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. So say, I'm a palm. I'm growing. I'm enduring. I'm upright. I'm godly. I'm strong. I am beautiful. I am flexible. I am useful. I am fruitful. And I am awesome. No. <laughs> You're awesome because God made you awesome. So we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here. We're going to end. We're going to come back tonight and have a Holy Ghost blowout tonight. Amen. Hallelujah.